host of this show, Max Naist, lived in addiction for years and made lots of destructive choices, which resulted in losing friends, family, and his career. After being in jail for the fourth time, he knew he needed to make some big changes. Now, sober for 17 years, he shares the steps he took, which led to recovery and got his life back. Welcome to Fearless Happiness. 19.7 million American adults have battled a substance use disorder. 38% of adults have battled an illicit drug use disorder. But no matter what the struggle, no matter the challenge, you can overcome anything and become successful. Max and his guests share experience, strength, hope, and faith. If it's PTSD or military-related, trauma, physical, verbal, sexual addiction, alcoholism, you can accomplish your dreams. And with this show, we help others be fearless in their pursuit of happiness. This is Fearless Happiness, and this is Max Naist. Welcome to the Fearless Happiness Podcast. Your host, Max Nace, with you today. Uh, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. Like our current guest, it's 6 p.m., you said, in the evening in Austria. Today, I have the pleasure of having this amazing guest, Ronnie Lieber, correct? Um, exactly. As a guest. So what I like to do, Ronnie, is I like to have you introduce yourself to the audience, like who you are and what you do, and then we're going to take it from there. Awesome. Thank you, Max, for having me. I'm, it's really a pleasure also and to everybody listening. Hello, welcome. And I am, as you said, in Vienna, Austria. I've had the privilege of entertaining, like I come from the entertainment industry, of entertaining more than 5 million people live in the last 12 years. And now um, since COVID hit and there was not a lot of live going on, I actually transitioned to TV. And now this year I have been live on air for more than a thousand hours. And so it's been quite a ride and, and a lot of learnings. And I'm very, very delighted also to share a bit of the ups, but also a bit of the downs today and how I got through them. Awesome. Awesome. And, you know, to me, this is special, right? Because like now I'm really I'm getting guests that are literally international. I think I had a guest from Canada. Now I've got Ronnie from Vienna, Austria. Like I'm really excited today to hear your story, Ronnie, and where you've come from and, and any of the challenge that you've had to overcome to be an entertainer and, and follow your dreams. Um, so let the audience know, like, what are some of the challenges that you've experienced in your career as a human being that um, you would say almost stopped you from, from living your dream and, and got you to where you are today? Well, that's a beautiful question, Max. And actually, I think uh, the first step actually that almost had me um, stop from following my dream is not knowing what my dream is. So basically, um, you know, I did an education and in my case, I, I went to school and afterwards I went to university and I actually studied two, like I got two different university degrees, one in economics and one is in sports. Well, I mean, it sounds great, but the case was that after or just around the time when I was about to get done was the time when I started to ask myself, well, I mean, awesome, but what do, I, what do you want to do now with that, actually? Like, what is it that you want to do in your life now? That's a question that maybe I should have asked myself before I got started with, with all the, the studies and so on. But anyway, uh, at least I asked myself that way, uh, that, that question that I thought, hmm, how about I do something that I really love to do? Or how about I do something that I'm passionate about? I thought, wow, that's a great concept. 
but what am I passionate about? Like, what is that? Like, because before I was always working also on the side, but then I was working on something that I'm interested in. And then it took me like for a year or something where I was excited. And then after a year, I was like, well, okay, what's next? Uh, okay, been there, done that. And now what? So I transitioned a few times. And then I thought, man, I need to find something that I really, really, really want to dig in deep, that I really want to, like that, that I really love to do, that I would do for, for no money at all, that just keeps the fire burning burning because before that it was always like after a year okay now it's over. like i want to do something else but what is it that i really want to do that i really want to be an expert in because i also thought if you really want to get paid in something you need to be an expert you don't just need to be like oh i know a bit of that a bit of that a bit of that a bit of that that's uh, amazing but maybe if you if you want to go to who wants to be a millionaire and if this is your career but uh, otherwise it's like you, you need to dig deep right and what is it and then i thought man how about digging deep in something that I really love? Then I started asking myself questions. Like I started to ask myself for, for weeks and months, actually, the same questions over and over again. Questions like, what do I love to do in my spare time? What do I love to, uh, to talk with friends about? What is it that moves me emotionally? What is it that also when I was a little kid that actually got me moving emotionally? And, and also, what do I spend my money on? And so I was having those thoughts circling back and forth. And then um, eventually, after weeks and months, it always came back to the same point. And it always came back to the same answer, which was when I was a little kid already, I always loved events that bring the whole world together, like soccer world cup, like the Olympics, or like when yeah. you go to a concert, when you are there, you're totally there, where you feel that the whole world at this moment is totally circling around that. And then I thought, wow, this is something in this environment I want to work in. I had no idea what I was gonna do. I had no idea how. Well, it's always difficult to find the how if you don't even know the what. But I knew that, that this is the passion. This is something that I would love to do. The next point was about like, how do I find out what it is? Like, um, let's see. Let's see what, what it could be, what I could do. And, and just in that process, actually, when, when I was in the process of figuring out what to do, and, and in the beginning, I thought maybe sports marketing or sports management or something that I had no idea about entertainment or something. Like that was totally out of my, that was not in my box of thinking. It was not in my mindset, but I knew it had to be something different than what I was doing at the time. So I was, I just went out on a quest to, to do something that I love to do. And then at the same time, also it was around 2008, 2009 and you remember maybe back then we had kind of a global crisis yeah the, the banking remember. crisis mm -hmm. exactly the, the economic crisis and if you're old enough to remember there suddenly there were not a lot of jobs in on the market especially for newbies and for people with not a lot of experience and i was like man what am i supposed to do now so basically i remember back then i was i was looking for something that i really love to do and I knew I could always do go back to the job that I was doing as a student, which I did not want to do at all anymore. Right. I was like, man, I, I want to find something that really lights me up. And then I remember it was in 2009, in, in, in springtime. And I knew, man, I just have money enough for two months to pay my rent. Like in two months, what am I going to do? I didn't have a job. I was, I was desperate, basically. And, and I knew I wanted to do something that I love to do. And you know, it didn't work at the time. I had to go back to what I was doing as a student just to pay my rent. And it was the first time in my life that I got a job that already at the beginning of the job, 
I didn't want to do the job. And that is uh, that is not a great feeling to have. Like that no. is really frustrating when you go there and you're like, man, I do not want to do that. Yep. I know the feeling. I get it. It sucks. It's horrible. And still I was like, I need to do it because I need to pay my, my, my rent and my costs, obviously. And I think uh, many of us have been there yep. and if you have not been there, then you're very, very privileged. <laughs> At the same time, what I learned from that this is not the end. Just because you maybe have, need to take, take a step back or take a step on the side, it does not mean that you have to give up on your dreams. Because as long as you as you are following your dreams, you know that you're still moving forward in the direction of your goal. And so I think this is something that really that I took with me from back then and also that I want to give to you as a listener. Your dreams are not leaving you if you do not leave them. That's very, very uh, interesting and cool, as they say here, right? Because you're right. Only time the dream stops is when you give up that dream, right? When you, like you just said, if you leave that dream, then, and there was something interesting you said, right? And, and there's a common thread on a lot of the people I've interviewed, like yourself, Ronnie, right? They went through that crisis back in 2008, 2009, right? Like you, they didn't give up. They just found something to take care of the immediate, what your little rent, putting food in their bellies, you know? know, taking care of their families, you know, some lost their businesses and had to like you go back to not necessarily what their their purpose was or their passion, right? But they never gave up on their dream, you know, let the audience know, like at that time, you know, and you know, like you went through it, right? When you're in that moment, it can be very frustrating and, and you don't see a way out sometimes. Let the audience know, like, how did you keep picking yourself up every day? Even when you went to that job and said, you know, I really don't want to do this. But I know there's a means to the end here. This is just going to get me to where I got to go. How did you like talk to yourself to keep you going? So you didn't give up your dreams. Let the audience know that. Oh, absolutely not. I mean, you know, at that time, it totally sucked. I was desperate. I was totally like, I do not want to do it. I hate being here. This is horrible. And especially also at that job, like in the building, there was a totally negative energy and so on. What I learned as well is like, you need to protect your energy. You need to protect your own state. And that was, that, that's critical. And also to keep the big picture in mind, to keep your goal in mind. If you're caught up in, into a job and so on, and it's easy to, to get caught up because it takes some of your time time and oftentimes it's it's a big part, portion of your time that you have available to you right. but still you need to dedicate some part of your time to be working towards where you want to go towards your dreams because some part inside of you needs to be working in that direction otherwise you're not going to get there and i learned back then also that at every moment in time you always have three three choices First of all, you always have the choice on what to focus on on that moment. You have the decision. There are a million of things that you can focus on at any moment. I could have focused on, oh, this sucks. This is shit. I don't want to be here and so on. Right. But also you can focus on where do you want to go? Where is your outcome? Why do you want to do that? Like what is pulling you there? And that's a way better start then actually then focusing on what's bad and what's not working right now right because what does not work is always available but at the same point also what's working and where you could go and what you could appreciate about being here what you can be thankful for so that's the first one what do you focus on the second one is the second decision that you can make at any point in time is what does it mean to you because even if we're in the same room and we all we focus on the same thing it's going to mean something different to you and to me and to everybody listening depending on 
on what you have dealt with in the past, depending on on your mindset, on your model of the world. And and so it's about you get to choose. It's the cool thing as a human being, because you get to choose what this means for you. And you can consciously choose. And if you think you cannot, then try to do it because you can. And thirdly, the third choice that you can make at any time is then what action are you going to take because of that? What are you going to do? What are you going to do to change something right now? And whatever situation you are right now in your life, and even if you're at your lowest low or your highest high, you're always going to have those three choices. Once again, what do you focus on? What does it mean? And what are you going to do because of that? Right. That makes total sense to me because I kind of, in, in the job that I do as a counselor for people going through trying to get sober, right? I, I use that a lot with them too. You know, you can either focus on what you've done, right? Which is not going to get you out of this state of mind of depression, sadness, right? Guilt or shame. But I try to teach them, how can you focus on where you want to go, right? So that you're not dwelling on the past, right? Because you can't, I always tell them, you can't change the past. It's already done, right? So let's get you out. So I do a lot of gratitude. Like I have them start a gratitude journal early on, even if they don't feel good, usually go through this detox process, you know, and they're looking at me like, I got to do what? I am not grateful for this right now, Mac. But I, I get what you're saying, right? Because we have to, like, here's what I was taught. And, and you could tell me if you agree or not. So I, my why has to be so big that the how will show up, which means how am I going to get there, right? That all that stuff will show up. Like I have such a big dream and such a goal. It scares me to death, right? Because it's like, I've never done that before until this past couple of years and becoming an entrepreneur and, and learning, you know, just different personal development stuff, you know, and I'm, some of my biggest mentors and friends have always told me, Max, make your why so big that it freaks you out. And Absolutely. that's right. Yeah. If your why doesn't make you cry, it's not your why. I Did you hear that audience? I love that. If your why doesn't make you cry. Thank you for that, Ronnie it's not big enough. And that's true. Here's my belief, right? So like I work in my passion, right? I'm passionate about what I do in helping people, right? But my purpose, which I'm working towards eventually becoming my own boss, right? My own, um, owning my own business and stuff like that. That is my purpose. So I'm switching from being in passion, which I'll never, I've been doing this. See, I've been clean and sober for 18 years and I've been a counselor for 13 of those years. And, you know, nothing has taken that passion away. And even though the, the success rate, if you look at addiction, at least here in America, it's not that high, right? Because it just isn't, right? Because if fentanyl came on the market and all of a sudden people are dying left and right. But when you're passionate about something, you never give up, right? So then my friend said, you need to learn to live in purpose on purpose, right? So make your why. I love it. So big that I'm going to cry, right? Um, that it'll keep you moving forward, even in the bumps, you know, the, the val, the, the hilltops and even in the valley. So, um, Ronnie, give the audience, um, if you would, you go as deep as you want, like besides the, the 2009 crisis that we had, like what else in your, in your journey so far in this process of becoming, you know, working and doing entertainment, like what were some of the lowest moments and how did you get out of that? Like just besides, you know what I mean? I get everybody went through that 2008, 2009, but like personally, like what were some of the toughest challenge? I like to call them challenges that you went through that helped that you almost thought like at moments were like, I just got to throw in the towel, but you didn't. Does well, that make you know, sense? I mean, I gotta, yeah, absolutely. And I got a few things for you because uh, one, I mean, <laughs> Excuse me. 2008 was, I mean, maybe some of the younger ones don't remember, but everybody remembers what just happened one and a half years ago. And especially being in the event business, I mean, in 2020, I had like my income, my revenue dropped by 85% because basically there were no events anymore. But, you know, I actually was thinking while you were talking about 
about an even bigger thing with the purpose and 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 the, and the why and and because I also believe that as long as if, if your why is big enough, you're always gonna find a how. I always um, compare this with let's say you 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 want to travel somewhere and you're in San Diego right now and and right and maybe you want to come to Vienna and let's say okay that the what your your outcome is Vienna to go to Vienna where I am right now. Correct. So then you need to figure out okay. Um, well, how am I going to do that? And I mean, there are several, several hows. You could go by, by car and by boat, or you could fly and so on. Like there are all kinds of ways. That's the how, but the how doesn't really matter. The question is, why do you want to get there? And I always say to people, you know, if, for example, let's say that the how is your airplane, is the airplane that brings you from San Diego to Vienna. The why is the fuel. If you do not have enough why on board, you're going to crash. Right. Like if you do not have enough fuel with you, you're never going to make it. You're going to land somewhere in the Atlantic Ocean or some people don't even have enough why to get the plane off the ground. You need to bring enough why with you in order to get to your destination. So that's one thing. And also uh, about a struggle, actually. And, and that is, I think that's a great metaphor. On the 4th of November in 2018, I was uh, standing in, in Staten Island, New York City, and in, in on the bridge between Staten Island and Brooklyn, just on the verge of actually fulfilling a life dream of mine, which is running the New York City Marathon. Okay. At the same time, and I was standing at the starting line and I was thinking, man, you shouldn't really be here. The last three months, I could not train because I was injured. Like in the last three months before the marathon, I only was running more than one hour once. The doctor told me four weeks ago to, you know what would be the best for you now? The next four to six weeks, just do nothing. Then the pain is gone. And I said, well, it's awesome. In four weeks, it's the start of the marathon. <laughs> I thought by all conventional thinking and what I know about a marathon, I shouldn't be standing here. I should be at home on the couch and watching this. At the same time, I thought, you know, I'm just going to have to forget everything that I know, like everything that is limiting me and just focus on being right here, focus on the moment. And also let's just keep moving. Let's just go in the direction of your outcome and let's just see where it goes. That was my, my initial start when I, when I started. And so I was like, okay, the first 10 kilometers, like one marathon is 42 kilometers is 26.1 miles. Right. So the first, let's say about, um, what is it, like seven miles, I was, I was fine. Like I, I was just, I mean, I was slow, but I was fine. And, but after about miles, maybe eight, eight or nine, I started to feel tension in my legs. I thought, okay, well, it's a bit early. Like the muscles were getting hard. And just about a mile later, the pain started. And I was just one third into the marathon. I was just at mile eight. Right. I thought, man, I that's a bit early go, for huh? the pain. That, that's, that's early for the pain to start, man. And I thought, okay, but the pain is only in your mind. The pain is only in my head. So let's just, let's just keep moving. And so I was, there was the pain, but at the same time, I kept moving forward. And I thought, hey, as long as you keep moving forward, you will be further in an hour than you were right now. So let's just see where I'm going. And then I remember it was on the bridge from Brooklyn to Queens. That's the half marathon point. That's around mile 13. And that was when I actually took the decision, you know, today I'm going to finish this thing. If nothing happens, if, not, if I don't break anything or, or if anything like uh, rips apart, I'm going to finish this thing. I don't care how long it takes, but I'm going to show up in Central Park, Manhattan, and I'm going to finish this. Because I also knew as long as I keep moving forward, I will eventually get there. 
And I was really, I was really passionate about being there. Like this was really a dream of mine. And I, I brought a lot of why with me. I brought a lot of fire inside of me. And so I just kept moving and I was, I was really slow. I was slow, but steady. And I even got slower along the way, but still steady. And I remember the last, it was around kilometer 37. So probably around mile 22, 23. And I was like on Fifth Avenue in Manhattan. I was running, it was 15 blocks uphill next to Central Park. And it was really, really hurting at that point. Like you cannot imagine. I was crying. I had fever attacks. But at the same time, I was, I was so committed. I was so dedicated to finish this. I was, I, so, I was so focused on the outcome, on getting there. And always I was saying to myself, as long as I keep moving forward, I will eventually get there. And I remember the last mile, the last kilometer. It was just around Central Park one more time and then back into Central Park. And I was so in the zone. It was painful. And at the same, at the same time, I was really, really, really delighted. And, and I was just so pleased to be there and to, so happy to be running into the finish at Central Park, Manhattan. And I was so amazed what is possible when you set your mind on something. And I was the whole time and I knew this, as long as I keep moving forward, I will eventually get there. And the reason why I'm telling you this right now, the reason why I'm telling this to everybody listening to you right now, as long as you keep moving towards your goal, even when there are times when you feel like I'm not, like I'm hardly moving forward because it's so slow. And I was really, really slow. It doesn't matter. Just keep moving forward and you will eventually get there. That was awesome. And, and thank you for sharing that, right? Because people don't realize, some people don't realize the power of our minds, right? You just proved it. You, you were supposed to not even run that race and you ran it and you finished it, right? Because you told yourself, like, I'm just going to keep moving forward, right? And, and that's what some of my greatest mentors have always taught me, whether it's in my recovery, right? There's a reason I have 18 years clean and sober, right? Because I never quit. I've always told myself, no matter what happens, I'm moving forward every day. Even if it's a little, even if it's like inch or millimeter at a time, at least I'm going forward, right? So thank you for sharing that, right? And it's, it, I, I'm sure you've heard of him, David Goggins, right? He talks about the power of the mind. Have you ever heard of him? He's an ex-Navy SEAL that wrote this book called Can't Hurt Me. And he talks about how your brain will take you in not so like this, but he talks about how your brain will tell you to do, you, your brain will overcome anything physical if you just keep focused and you keep doing something, right? He's an ultra marathon runner. He runs races like hundred mile plus races. And, you know, and, and I had Incredible. a boss, that, you know, and I had a boss that ran the LA marathon, the New York marathon. Right. And I, one day I was sitting with him and I just went like to me running like sprinting. I get right. Cause I know it's going to be fast. I can get it over with, but like you guys that run these marathons, I go, I think you need to sit down and have a little session with me because I want to find out you're crazy. Like, why would you want to do that? And then he would tell me, well, there's the runner's high. And you know, when you get in this, this, this mode where you're in flow, right? Like you just, you don't even feel the pain. You're just, you're running, right? And still don't get it to this day, but that's whatever. But thank you for sharing that with the audience, right? Because you're right. The power of the mind is so powerful, right? If, if we focus on that outcome and we don't give up on ourselves, right? And we know that we have an end to what, say if it's a, a one-year goal, a five-year goal or 10-year goal, right? Just like you said, like running that marathon, you just kept telling yourself, I'm not going to stop. It's as simple as that, right? Like oh, I'm going to keep... 
Go ahead. Yeah, and one, one little aftermath to this, to this, because I was, as I told you, I was really slow. I, slow. I mean, I, I, it took me six hours and fifteen minutes, like six hours fifteen minutes. I didn't even know you could run that long. And <laughs> and for many people, they would be like, "Man, six hours fifteen minutes for a marathon? Like, really? That's very slow." But it doesn't matter. Right. Like nobody decides if you win or lose bes- besides you. You're the one who decides. Bingo. And you're the one who decides what your outcome is. And I didn't even know if I could finish this on that day. Right. And so I was more, and I'm still more than pleased with, with having seen the finishing line. Absolutely. So and I, what is your finishing line? Right. And you're right. Like the one that you have to be happy with is that person that looks back in you in the mirror. So did you finish or did you quit? Right. And most of us, at least I know, and I know you from talking to you now that if you would have quit, you would have not been very happy with yourself. You would have been like, I failed. Right. And we, none of us want to feel that feeling, but even if you had to crawl and you finished, right, you finished, like, I'm not going to knock you for six hours. Like, cause all you would have to say, when's the last time you ran a marathon max? And I'd be like, yeah, you're right. Never mind, Right. So my hat's off to you. That that's just, that's some really, really cool stuff because you just showed the audience, right? Anything we put our minds to and we focus on, we can accomplish, right. Kind of goes like to what, um, Napoleon Hill says in his book, right? Um, Whatever the mind can believe and conceive, it can achieve, right? So he's talking about what you just said, right? So I know if I put my mind to running a marathon, I could do it, right? I just have to go do it and I'd have to practice. Um, I know my hat's off to you. Like anybody that these, you know, guys that like a doctor says you're injured, you shouldn't do this. Right. Like that guy I just told you about, he, he, he was injured and he ended up finishing a race at, you know, it was a 24 hour race, but he kept telling himself, I'm just going to keep putting one foot in front of the other. Right. With only two days notice. So you guys are, you are my heroes. You guys are my heroes. But anyway, so thank you as for Walt sharing Disney that. Said, as Walt Disney said, if you can dream it, you can achieve it. Yeah, exactly. Right. So that's, that's it. And my, th- my take on that is never give up, especially on yourself, right? Never give up on yourself. If you want something bad enough, go after it and get it right. And, um, you know, if you would have asked me and I'll be honest with you, like if I would have, you asked me 18 years ago, I would be on a podcast interviewing Ronnie Lieber from Vienna, Austria, who's an entertainer, ran a New York marathon. I would have said, you're crazy. Whatever you're smoking or drinking, you need to pass it my way. But like yourself, I, I've, I've given myself that permission to think bigger now and, and to keep moving forward because I'm not going to quit till I accomplish my dream. You know what I mean? And um, it, it's just been an amazing, amazing interview so far. So uh, there's a couple of questions I love to ask my guests, right? I, I'm an author myself. I wrote a book called Fearless Happiness. So we're going to start with the first half of that, that title, right? Being Fearless, which you just gave the audience a huge one. But anyway, I want to hear from you and the audience wants to hear from you. What does fearless look like for you? And how does that show up in your, on your, in your life on a daily basis? Well, fearless, first of all, means to me that facing what is not comfortable for you, like doing something despite of being totally out of your comfort zone because there are always things that are that you don't want to do that are maybe horrifying to you that you maybe are fearful of or that maybe something in your mind is telling you this could be embarrassing or this could be the worst thing ever what is somebody else going to think about me and so on like all those kind of thoughts that might creep into your mind but fearless is to do it anyway to do it anyway and say what the hell Whatever anybody says, thinks, I'm going to do it because I believe in it and because I have a strong conviction about it. And it's going out of your comfort zone, no matter. And, and also dare 
to fail, like daring to fail, because I believe that we are all in a culture nowadays where it's all about, oh man, what if it's not perfect? Or what if I, I don't do it and, and then I, I, I suck? Or then maybe I'm not like really dare to suck, dare to be not perfect, dare to fail, dare to make mistakes because everybody makes mistakes. And the biggest winners in the world are just the biggest winners because they have lost often enough. I mean, think about Michael Jordan, how often he missed shots and how often he maybe lost a game for his team and so on. And don't give up. That's perfect, right? Because, well, like even in high school, he got, uh, um, he didn't make the team or he got, you know, in he his, got in his sophomore year. Yeah. yeah he didn't soft- make the varsity team. Right. And then, and he talks about it, you know, I think he wrote a book where he talks about, yeah, I made a lot of shots, but I, I missed more shots than I made. You know, I just didn't quit. And that's perfect, right? What you just said, because fearless is doing those things no matter what, right? Like, I'm, or, or think about a baseball player. I mean, baseball is all about statistics. And I mean, the best baseball batters in the world, like what is their batting percentage? Right. It what is be- it? Well, it depends. Like someone with a really good batting average is it would be 300.325, right? So it's like you point said. 0.325. That means that 32% of the shots he's going to hit. That means not even a third. Well, let's say even let's give him a third. That means two thirds of the time he is actually going to fail. Right. And those are the best in the world. Yep. Think about it. Right. And, and this is like amazing. You- Exactly. And that's what we have to remember. Like you just said it perfectly for the audience, right? It's just never giving up on yourself. It's um, right. Being fearless doesn't mean you, you don't have fear. And I've had this discussion with a mentor and a very good friend of mine. And he says, will we ever become fearless? He goes, probably not. But the thing is, is you do it no matter, you do it anyway. Right. And, and that's you know what's great about fear? Because if you feel fear, what's great about it is it's going to mean something to you. Yes, absolutely. Right. This, this podcast for me wouldn't have been possible if I didn't, you know, well, yeah, I had a kick in the butt from a friend of mine who, you know, perfect doesn't mean done, Max, just do it. (laughs) Right. But overcoming that fear, am I going to be perfect? I got to do it perfect. Or what if I say the wrong things? Or what if I don't edit it right? Right. And, And you're right. I just had to do it. And here I am, you know, I just released, uh, I'll be releasing episode 36 this Wednesday. And I looked back and just went, why didn't I do this earlier? You know what I mean? But it's that, it's that game you go through in your own head, but um, that was perfect. Thank you for that, uh, Ronnie. So my second question to you is happiness, right? So in my book, I put a why in the happiness and a lot of people still, you spelled it wrong. I said, well, no, I did it for a reason. Um, happiness, knowing I put the why in there, what does that mean to you? And how, how does that show up in your life on a daily basis? Well, I mean, the why obviously in there is like your why, um, first of all, progress equals happiness. And, and if you are making progress in the direction of your why, it's going to make you happy immediately. Like it's, it's fantastic. Like even if, if you're growing a little bit or like if let's say you have a little kid or a little baby, like they do something like, oh, now he can talk or just just said the first word or like it didn't even say anything, but it sounded like something. And you're like, oh, it's, it's incredible. <laughs> like right. it, it makes you incredibly happy. Or if you like, oh, no, now I did this for the first time. Oh, fantastic. And what I always when I think about happiness, it's about for me, it's about fulfillment like true happiness, because um, I don't know if you know this, but I'm, I'm also a trainer for Tony Robbins. And, and I'm sure you've heard of Tony Robbins. And, and basically, he always says that there are two things in life that we need to master. One is 
the science of achievement that means everything that you can like that you can just achieve like some accolades that you now you did this and you did that and somebody else has done it before and you maybe and you just like okay well, how did they do it and you just copy it and you like okay let's see how they did it and you can now achieve it as well but the other thing is the art of fulfillment and while achievement might be a science fulfillment is an art You need to figure out what is your way for you to be fulfilled. And that is something really, really, if you found that, that is incredibly powerful. And also knowing your passion, knowing your why and following that why in your life, that is going to make you happy beyond measure. Thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you. That's, you know. And that's why I'm glad and I'm very grateful for guests like yourselves because I get so many different perspectives on that. The explanations are different, but in the end, they're the same, right? If you think about it, right? This is how people like Ronnie, who's very successful, he's an entertainer, speaker, you know, a, a Tony Robbins trainer. This is what he teaches and this is what he's done in his lifetime. Um, so I appreciate that, Ronnie. Um Uh, before we end here, there's a couple of things I too, I like to ask, like if anybody wants to work with you or, you know, reach out to you, how, how can they get a hold of you? That's a great question. First of all, uh, thank you for asking at RonnieLieber.com. I'm sure it's going to be in the show notes, I guess um, the, the link, you can just follow up with me, like send me a message. And, and also if it's something that you want to work on, for example, if you need to deliver a speech, if you need to be in front of an audience and you need to really nail it, or you want to make a bigger impression or more create more impact with someone or with your audience, then hey, shoot me a message and I'm not going to let you down and, and we can do this together. Or also on social media, you can follow me and on, on, on Facebook, on Instagram, on LinkedIn. Just look me up slash Ronnie Lieber and you're going to find me. Awesome. Yeah, which I'll have to do too. And I will, I'll do that after our show today uh, is find you on Instagram. And <laughs> I think I have, and we got, we're on LinkedIn. We're connected on LinkedIn. So um, cool. Awesome. 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 Yes. And I'll make sure that I put that in the, as I I'm, as I'm improving on my, you know, when I post, I, I'm getting better at this. Uh, I spelled someone's name wrong the other day and I was like, Oh, I didn't mean to do that, but I got it, but I know that you can fix it. So I did, I fixed it. Everything's good. It, this has been uh, an amazing interview. Thank you so much for showing up, Ronnie and, and, and telling the audience and telling me the things I needed to hear today. So any last words for our audience that you want to part them with? Sure. Wherever you are right now in your life, whether it is something where you feel really low and down or it is something where you feel really great. First of all, wherever you are, it's going to be perfect. It is perfect for you right now. And there is a reason why you are at that point right now. And there is a reason why you're feeling what you're feeling and experiencing what you're experiencing. And it's going to serve you. It already does. You just need to trust the process, believe in the process, and know your destination, know your outcome, know where you want to go and why you want to go there. And just keep moving forward and you will eventually get there. Awesome. Couldn't have said it better myself. Just got, you can't quit on ourselves, right? Just can't. You got to keep going, no matter how tough things get. My motto is never quit and never stop. Perfect. And find people who believe in you and who support you. Right. Hear that audience? That's that whole thing I've been telling you about ever since I started this podcast, right? Is align yourself with those people that are going to support you and lift you up and, you know, vice versa. You do that for them because that's how it works, right? 
like they say, I heard, you know, if they're, if you're the numbers hanging around five millionaires, you're going to be number six. Right. And it, but it also goes the opposite way. Right. If you hang around a bunch of crooks, five broke people yeah, or fat <laughs> people, you're going to be fat. Right. Right. So this has been an amazing, amazing day. Uh, thank you for again, joining me, Ronnie. I appreciate you. Um, I will definitely, uh, look forward to this when I release this because I want the world to get to know Ronnie better, just like I did myself today. So thank you so much, Ronnie, for joining me today. I hope you have a wonderful evening and, uh, I will be talking to you soon. Thank you very much, Max, and all the best to you. And also, also all the best to everybody listening. 